Welcome, everybody, to Rendezvous. Uh, so today we're going to talk about a uh, very important subject. Um, I'm going to try and do it pretty briefly. Um, it's uh, the hate speech laws which have been passed in Ireland, the country where I live, um, and they've been passed through the Dáil, which is like the, the parliament, now they're in the Senate, the Shannon. Um and uh, I think this is. I think after this, then I think it goes straight to the president to sign, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and usually, it's more of a rubber stamp thing, like this part of the process. So it seems like basically this is passed if it's gone past the first step. Um, and so that's sh- it's a bad thing in my estimation, and I'm going to explain uh, briefly why. Um, and so, why? Basic in a nutshell, I think uh, hate speech laws are more dangerous than hate speech, and they're more dangerous than hate. Um, so, before we get into that, uh, if you haven't subscribed, uh, you could subscribe if you want to get more of my videos. Uh, I think you hit the notification bell. That's what all the people on YouTube say. Apparently, that'll ensure you get my videos. Uh, it'll let let you know when I, there's a new one. But anyway, they're every week. So every Friday, you can just um, check it out whenever you want. Um, and if you like this video, please uh, like it. If you like it, then you already like it. But you, you know what I mean in the the um, the action sense rather than the stative sense. So um, without further ado, uh, so hate speech laws, this law which has been put through in Ireland, basically it'll... Um, you can um, be sent to prison for up to five years if you are found guilty of possessing, not even sharing, just possessing um, material. Could be video, could be words, could be whatever, um, which uh, is intending to incite hate, um, hatred. Um, they don't define what hatred is or hate is in this bill because you couldn't, which is exactly why this law is crazy. But, um, but by whoever happens to be in power, you know, if it's Hitler, well, his definition of hate might, you know, be like, oh yeah, we can kill six million Jews, that's fine. Um, whereas he might say, oh, but you you don't want to do, you want don't want to go along with this program. Oh, that's very hateful of you. Let's put you in a concentration camp. You can see that hate is very subjective. Um, just as like, you know, environmentalists can be called terrorists. It's like, it's very, you know, very subjective. So anyway, if the, whoever's judging this, probably influenced by corporations and the status quo and the inevitable human error of bias and, you know, no one's perfect. Um, If you are judged uh, to be, if you're in possession of material which is judged to be um, either intending to incite hate or um, reckless as to that possibility, i.e. like, oh, you didn't mean to incite hate, maybe you didn't even mean to share this, but we think it would incite hate, by our definition, um, against a protected group, um, which includes gender, disability, race, sex, I think a few other things, Um, then, yeah, you can be put in a cage for up to five years. So... uh, Basically, in a nutshell, um, 
this law is just going to create more division, more fear. People are going to be afraid of talking, uh, to talk. It's um, a terrible attack on free speech. Um, Ireland won its freedom after, well, partial freedom. It's never been totally free. Well, I guess never ever, but um, it used to be far, far more free a long time ago. And we haven't had much freedom even since the revolution 100 years ago. It was, it was you know, divide and conquer, you know, there's a civil war, Britain kind of pit the two sides against each other within Ireland. Um, and long story short, the freedom has been an extremely important thing for Ireland and for the world, for human beings. I think it's one of the very most important things. Epictetus said it's the only worthy goal is freedom. And he kind of meant in a very deep spiritual sense above all. But Nonetheless, Ireland is especially focused on Saoirse, freedom, um, and uh, it hasn't been perfect, but we've moved away you know, from control. For example, the Catholic Church and the awful things that happened here. It was like an insane you know, black magic state, um, uh, terrible things that happened here. And, but there's been a move away from that towards a more free society, and this is a step back in the wrong direction. Um, so... It will yeah, make people afraid to, to talk and to think about things um, because they'll be afraid of like, oh, you know, um, what if people deem me as hateful even though I'm coming from a place of love or concern or, you know, just truth and just, you know, you know curiosity. I just want to talk about this stuff and or joking, you know, a place of humor. Um, and there's the, the risk that there's this theocratic... Um, uh, law that could have you in the slammer so hate speech um the the idea that or even being able to define what hate speech is that's the the first problem is who defines this even if um even if you could say um like oh you know we know exactly what hate is and this is it which we can't but even if we could say that and draw the, the boundaries clearly um how do you know that good people are going to be running the system 10 years down the line? You know, And if bad people get in control of this system, they can weaponize that against political opponents and totally undermine democracy. So um, this is very, very dangerous. Uh, and um, you already saw during the COVID period, there's a lot of very aggressive, um, non-democratic behavior by the government here in Ireland and all around the world, basically in lockstep around, you know, with each other. But, um, and um, so it, there's definite reason, if you're looking at the patterns, to think, okay, yeah, forgive, but don't forget, you know, we're all here together, we're all on one team, you know, we, we should all seek to uplift each other and realize we're all one and it's all love, ultimately. No one deserves deep down to be rejected. Um, but certain actions and beliefs and policies must be rejected. Um, and when people act poorly, when they show hypocrisy and co corruption and malice and incompetence and ignorance and, you know, spiritual sickness, um, then, and then a year later they bring, start bringing in hate speech laws, um, there's, there's cause for concern. Um, so, but, so that's the first problem. Even, well, first problem, we can't define hate. Second problem is uh, that even if we could, 
the government, you know, we don't want to give that power to put people in prison to a, the government because then um, it's very easy for that system to be co-opted by bad people and then all the loving people will be in prison and all the hateful people will be running the system. It's, isn't it likely that hateful people would try to find a way to take control of a system of hate speech laws and to use it against non-hateful people? Um, then the third issue is that th these laws are unnecessary. We, um, we already have laws to preventing any kind of harm someone can do. If you're going to assault someone or threaten to do that, which is the same in the eyes of the law, you, 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 can, you go to court and you know, ultimately you'll go to prison if you're found guilty um, of a severe crime. So assault, theft, murder, fraud, um, rape, um, any of these things, even incitement of violence should be the only thing. It's all words and just your idea until you're trying to get someone to act to extinguish someone's ability to, to be part of a conversation or to be part of the world. So if you say, oh, yeah, um, we should all kill that guy, or, or wouldn't it be nice if someone went and killed that guy? All I'm saying, uh, don't do it, ha-ha, wink-wink, ha-ha, then that's, that's a, um, just like threatening, don't make me come over there and beat the shit out of you. In the eyes of the law, threatening violence is the same as violence. You're like, oh, you're doing, maybe there's some blurry area where if it's just, you know, bluster, then it's okay. But basically that's considered assault um, in, you know, the, what do you call it? English common law system, whatever, traditionally. Um, uh, and so um, in, um, same thing with murder, like if you, like, or killing. If you say, oh yeah, we should, someone should go kill that guy. You, you are held accountable already by the law. Um, same thing, or like calling, Climbing, uh, calling out fire in a movie theater, whatever. If you're doing um, reckless, well, that might be, um, yeah, th th these things like reckless or um, in intentional um, harms that you're causing are already covered by all the laws. So we don't need these laws. All the, there's no added benefit that's going to come. Someone who's speaking hate speech, if they're... Um, "Quote unquote," you know, whatever you call hate speech. Um, in your opinion, man, you know, uh, in the words of the dude, well, that's like your opinion, man. Uh, if someone's doing that, um, they're not harming you, are they? You can just ignore them. They have their community. You have your community. Maybe they have no community. You know, and if if you think they're really so wrong and so poisonous and sick then they're all they're harming themselves they punish themselves just by not being an ethical good person right they have to live that life would you want to live their life would you want to be in their head for the rest of your days no okay because you think it's bad so they're already punishing themselves let them just swirl with bad karma as you see it um and all sides can allow each other to do that that's what we traditionally have done uh, in a democracy you let people have their opinion it's like i may disagree with your opinion but i will defend to the death your right to to speak it and to have it, um, and we must all fight for that. And people who don't need to be, we need to keep a close eye on anyone who says that no, I don't believe in free speech, because those people that that is really the most hateful, um, fear-generating, divisive, um, equality-compromising, um, dangerous um, stance that is possible. Um, 
much more than someone who's like, oh, I love Donald Trump. When he makes those jokes about Mexicans, haha, or whatever. I don't even know if he made these things or if that's just slander from the corporate media. I never, I didn't pay too much attention, but I'm aware they slandered him and lied a lot about him. Um, but let's say someone's got that opinion, you know, um, the, or, or whatever, any, any example where someone's got some crazy opinion. It's like, they're allowed to have that opinion, you know, that's their right. Um, and by allowing them to speak it, that's how we realize, oh, that person's stupid. Um, hey, don't vote that guy in power. Like, you know, let everyone talk. And then if you really trust in human nature and you trust in democracy, you trust in love and intelligence and truth, you think there is such a thing as truth, and you think this is, um, you believe in the journey of love and harmony and the triumph of conscience and the soul on earth, you believe in beauty and the bright future, interconnectedness and oneness, um, and you're not secretly anti-human, then uh, you should believe, um, by definition, that, yeah, the open marketplace of ideas will see truth percolate up to the top. Um, most people, common sense, most people will gravitate towards love and um, kindness and truth. And, um, uh, you know, maybe there's some exceptions now and then where governments can, or powerful people can manipulate people. But in general, across the board, the solution is a decentralized system of competition of ideas. It works economically and it works intellectually. Um, we can see it, like, look at this microphone. This wasn't made by, you know, the Soviet Union. This is like the most ruthless 80 hours a week workaholic, you know, geniuses outcompeted everyone else. And so you have like these really good products. The people who are able to make the best thing get the money. And so, and then they take over market share. Some of their workers after 10 years go, I think I can do this on my own. They leave and start up a competitor and that forces that big company to start lowering their prices and you have competition and, you know, someone brings in a new thing and then that, you know, they have to try to copy that. And if they can't, they go out of business and, you know, decentralization and competition keeps everything healthy and balanced. Um, naturally, it's an organic decentralized system like all of nature. Um, and uh, intellectually, the same thing is true where the, if, you're, if you're so right, if you've got all the evidence, then why do you need to shut people up? Doesn't that seem like maybe it's the opposite? You're actually secretly afraid that you actually can't justify your opinions um, and you can't explain yourself. Um, and so you're resorting to force. Um, if uh, it's like the Buddha said, you know, don't believe anything anyone says, including me, which is very interesting, including me, if it doesn't make sense with, to your own common sense, if it doesn't match your own common sense. And that's a fearless statement. And that comes from truth. Truth has complete faith in itself. It says, well, the truth is the truth. And the bell curve is a small number of people, you know, normal distribution, bell curve. A small number of people are very clear and they can see the truth very easily. A small number of people are very dim and, you know, dull to the truth. It's blocked. Their soul is just as pure and powerful and intelligent as anyone else. But the human filter of the body, the psycho-physical system through which the f soul is filtering, um, you know, uh, interfacing with, like, uh, the universe... Um, that blocks off things. You know, maybe there's like you know, ancestral trauma and w weird cultural beliefs that blocking, you know, there are, oh, I can't think about that or whatever. Fine. And then in the middle, um, you have most people are pretty clear on the truth. Most of the time they can see it. And, um, and that worked when, you know, democracy, um, the whole idea of it is based upon that. Like let the people decide who should rule 
and um, self-government. Now, hate speech laws, that's not self-government. Like this is, and 70, when they polled people here, 70% of people said no to it. And, um, you know, so, and then they did it, going to do it anyway. And they said, well, you know, it's hard to know if that's really what most people think, whatever. It's like, well, look, do a bigger poll. How about we do a referendum on this? This is pretty serious. Why don't we have a referendum, huh? Um, and even then, a referendum, even if most people voted for this, it still wouldn't be right. Because it's fundamental human rights. So, um, uh, the freedom of speech is the, the fundamental freedom if all other freedoms are dependent on it. Because you don't even know what freedoms are important or what is a justifiable freedom or, or what's a, a right and what, what should be a privilege that can be taken away. You can't even figure that out if, if you can't have freedom, the freedom of speech to have thousands of people, millions of people with different points of view and belief systems and life experiences debating things and sh holding up the mirror and pointing out each other's blind spots um, and each other's biases, which is hard. It's hard to look at your own biases and see your blind spots. So one hand washes the other. You know, I scratch my, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Um, uh, you know, we, we help each other. And so that's how a decentralized system of information flow works and learning. And that is what powers um, innovation and technology. Um, and it's what powers cultural in, um development and flourishing, understanding what is and what should be, you know, how do we basically and, and how in all the, the areas of life. And so if there's these hate speech laws, then there's going to be people looking over their shoulder wondering what they can talk about. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're not necessary because um, anything bad you can do, you, you um, anything where you can actually infringe upon someone else's um, health or you know um, their um, you know their sovereignty then um, there's already laws for that so these laws so they, they open up the door to all these dangers extreme dangers of loss of freedom and loss of democracy and loss of equality ultimately um, the things this is apparently it's apparently here to make this place a less fearful country um, a place where everyone can feel safe but it's going to have the opposite effect um, uh, because people will be afraid to talk and then also people will be angry and divided because they rightly sense that this is wrong, um, that this is a, a dangerous step and it doesn't make sense. It's poorly thought through. Um, and so there's these very serious likelihoods of negative effects and the only positive effects that are even logically possible above the laws that are already there, what's already achievable through the current laws, would be to stop people who annoy you, basically. Oh, you're not harming me, but you're harming my happiness by, you make me unhappy by talking about that stuff, you're offending me. Yeah, but like, hey, that's not your sovereignty zone. If you want, you can go and ignore those people um, and try to minimize your exposure, but you're walking on the street and there's someone smoking a cigarette and you get a bit of smoke in your face. Well, you're in the street, you know, and it's not going to, it'll be okay. It's not going to kill you. Um, or you can always say to them, hey, don't do that, please. Could you move, you know, have a bit of in interaction, you know. Um, and th there's many cases in society where there's annoying things or like there's a beeping outside my window from my apartment thing. But like, you know, that's like some malfunctioning thing. But you just deal with things like this. Life's not always going to be perfect, you know. 
Um, and it seems like there's this intolerance, this, this zealous religious intolerance for any other points of view. So this brings us into where is this thing coming from? So there is this woke kind of idea that, um, you know, people saying, oh, I'm woke, you know, like I've woken up, which is kind of hilarious because you may be aware that you can wake once. That doesn't mean you're awake still. Um, we wake and fall asleep in cycles. Um, so it's a very bold idea, you know, that oh, I'm woke. Um, maybe waking is more admirable, I would say, than to be woke. Um, and uh, anyway, it's like a, it's a false claim, you know, um, it's basically um, uh, a conflict ideology. It's an, a belief that all the world is a bunch of different groups who are just in conflict with each, and, um, each other, with one another, and um, clamoring for supremacy. And, oh, there's these big powerful groups like, you know, rich white men, and they're subjecting and victimizing these other groups. And it basically divides the world into um, victims and oppressors. And you might think, this, well, how is this relevant? But this is in the cultural waters, and this is a significant part of what's behind this um, law. And it's all around the world this is happening, by the way, hate speech laws and this movement, this woke thing. Um, there's a big counter push, which is much bigger than it, um, but the woke thing is very um, zealously, it's like the Inquisition, you know, very, very devoted, you know. So, um, And it, it's playing, very cleverly playing upon certain fears that our culture has in the, the West of kindness and trying to be kind and trying to not be like the savagery of the past that we have seen too much of but ironically the most savage people now have gone oh, i can't be blatantly racist you know and be successful in like you know financial sense in most places um or status or whatever oh but i could express that disdain for my fellow man um and that my, that desire for us against them mentality psychology I could express that through anti-racism. Oh, I'm going to go put those racists down, you know? And it's that same energy of um, uh, just like that same divisive energy, which was, you know, in previous generations and still now, you know, behind all these things like slavery and all these awful things, um, wars and, you know, religious domination. That's now expressing itself through this new religion of wokeism. And it really does behave like a cult or, or religion. Um, in that there's zero forgiveness, zero redemption, zero um, belief in some sort of transcendent truth that we can reach together. It's basically, um, and it, it's both historically um, an offshoot of Marxism, but also like, you know, structurally, it like the way it's structured. Basically, in a nutshell, from my understanding, um, Marxism, the idea is that, oh, there's all these groups, power groups competing for power, they're trying to, you know, in constant conflict. Society is a bunch of groups in conflict trying to get power. That's what everyone's doing always, even if they talk about love or whatever, which is crazy. But, you know, some people are all about power, but um, not everyone at all. You know, most people aren't. And there's many other things like creativity, love, beauty, curiosity, you know. Um, and uh, boredom, <laughs> You know, all kinds of things, you know, um, you know, uh, restlessness, whatever. There's all the kinds of energies moving around. Um, what's a nice one? Peace. Peace motivates too, you know. Uh, just, you know, acting from a, a calm place. Um, anyway, um, so the idea is, oh, these power groups are competing for domination. Um, and they might, they're not actually, their words are just a tool to control. There's no truth to it. There's no tra transcendent truth behind anything. 
And then um, wokeism is basically saying it's um, not power group, not you know power groups competing, but it's um, cultural groups um, competing. Um, and so basically, you've got um, people, you know, you've got uh, me- uh, genders or sex, you know, like males trying to dominate females or whatever. You've got like you know all the white people trying to dominate dark people, or you've got um, able, you know, people able-bodied people trying to dominate disabled people, and it's a very dark, gloomy, um, pessimistic frame of mind which is really like a kind of confession of like you know the darkness within you know i think people who kind of fall into this thing unfortunately but i do think there's a lot of people who are very well intentioned maybe younger people looking for a cause who fall into it because it seems compassionate um and um it plays upon guilt very cleverly um so this um is partly behind you know these people are very active um in pushing for um you know, oh, we need to get people off of social media. There's been massive censorship in the recent years of people on social media who, you know, say, oh, I believe, you know, there's only two genders. There's males and females. Maybe they say, you know, oh, yeah, there's everyone's soul. You're just a soul, your consciousness. Um, this happens to be what I believe, by the way. So I will say, um, I'm going to have a video on this. I think um, people can I feel many, many ways, and it can be beautiful to explore identity. But I believe, ultimately, we're all one. We're, um, we're consciousness. We're not. We're life. The universe. We're not male or female. We're just the soul. We're just consciousness. And then the body is male, or the body is female. It's XX or XY chromosomes. And um, the trans thing is uh, like, you know, it can be an identity that you feel like, yeah, like I feel, you know, I'm part of this group. Or I'm part of this club. You know, um, I'm a skateboarder, or you know, I'm a punk, or you know, I'm into the saddle club, I love horse riding, whatever, that's your thing, you know, that can, that can be real in some sense, but ultimately, like, you know, um, there are two sexes, and gender's kind of an unnecessary word, it's just like, um, there are, you know, you can be ma- very masculine, and you can still be a woman, or you can be very feminine, still be a man, but there's these two um, bodies, and they influence the way you think, but nonetheless, so I could have that point of view, and be, you know, censored, um, uh, I mean, I don't even know, like, uh, my, one of my episodes got censored for saying apparently something in contradiction of COVID-19, like, policy by YouTube. So this might get censored just for that. I don't know. The algorithm goes, ah, does not compute. Computer says no. So, but, so, if we um, have these ideas um, that, uh, you know, th- this woke crowd, they feel like, oh, you know, um, there's, there's many normal ideas that people have. They're the right to their own opinion, but the uh, people who subscribe to this kind of new religion, um, they don't call it a religion, but it's like, you know, the, the only cult you don't notice is the one you're in, you know? So um, they, it's extremely dogmatic, and they don't allow, you know, room for compromise in the main, you know? And they feel there's all these problematic people who need to be removed. Their opinions need to be silenced. Um, and so they can organize and exert political pressure, um, and they've done that over governments directly. Um, and then also a lot of governments just, you know, even apart from just being on the back foot, they're also looking at that as an opportunity to look good. Oh, the, and the winds are kind of moving this direction, blowing this direction, like, oh, yeah, um, this will look, a lot of people are kind of believing in this thing and not thinking it through enough and going, oh, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, rainbow flags, cool. It's like... Look, I love rainbows as much as the next person, probably more so than the next person, let's be honest. But, um, uh, you know, 
I'd, I'd much rather, you know, have a deeper conversation than just, you know, waving a flag and like, you know, being like, oh yeah, let's just take away people's right to have an opinion. Wave the rainbow flag. Everything's fine. I was like, no, but some people uh, in government, they will use that as an opportunity to get brownie points and help them get reelected, right? There's also um, these, um, this phenomenon of, you know, the whole Occupy, like corporate corporations using wokeism to kind of keep the Occupy Wall Street, Street sort of crowd at bay, which kind of happened where um, as a defense mechanism sort of thing, they were, um, there's a lot of you know, evidence that there's these huge corporate behemoths kind of basically um, lobbying government and, you know, kind of bringing in cor legalized corruption through se um, setting the rules in a way which is very bad for normal businesses. They do all these fraudulent stuff. No one goes to prison and they get bailed out. Middle America or middle, you know, middle class around the world gets just taxed the hell out of them, you know, shut down during COVID, but, you know, the corporations are fine. And yet um, with a bill for all these bailouts um, and it's just like time and again uh, being, you know, all these really heavy regulations which make it so hard to operate um it seems like you know these huge corporations um have been using um and you know maybe not because they're evil but just because they are just very efficient at being selfish which is their job ultimately um their fiduciary duty to their shareholders they have to do it if they don't then they can get in, in big trouble and they're at, the, at least they're going to get kicked off of the board but also they're failing their legal duty to the company if they don't do something to maximize profit um, so that's what they're meant to be doing, um, but and so they're um, doing that uh, and kind of you know taking the market is kind of swallowing like an octopus the the state you know and it's become corporatized um, and then when people were pushing back against that people power some I guess ten years ago um, the corporatocracy's response was to kind of split the the left by going okay half of you are more concerned about social issues we're going to kind of embrace your social issues while maintaining our economic domination and you know political corruption um and it's fractured the movement very successfully um and how intentional was this or how much is this just kind of a decentralized cumulative snowball effect who knows doesn't matter also um about you know that they're meant to be doing this that's fine but when the government is when the people are aware and adequately informed and so they're keeping an eye on their government and their elected representatives and they're voting people out and they're getting very angry if they don't do what's right, so, i.e. the government therefore is enough in enough of a public spotlight of awareness um, and participating in that culture of awareness um, that they are keeping, um, the government is aware enough of what, and doing its job, they, they just don't let corporations set the bad rules, right? Like, yeah, we know you're after as much profit as you can get, but guess what? No, you can't just have the rules changed to discriminate against small businesses. Sorry, no. Um, so that's the healthy balance normally, but that's been taken away basically, I would say by due to a lack of, um, public consciousness, we need to become more conscious because there've been these technological innovations, cultural changes through history and government have been, has been, um, become more and more swamped by corporate, um, money and power, um, and, uh, oligarchy essentially. It's a natural thing that happens in cycles through history. So the public solution is for the public, you and me, in ourselves to become more conscious and then and share that with each other through conversation and honesty and courage and love uh, and compassion. Um, and uh, But also, you know, criticism, being honest when you see things that shouldn't be that way and saying, hey, I have nothing against you as a soul. You you and me, we're like this. We're tight, tight, you know. Um, no, no worries, my brother or my sister. 
but it it uh, is the case that this thing here is wrong. What you're doing, and you know, we need to be honest about that. And that's the thing: we can be kind and brave. We can be we can criticize someone without it being an attack on their themselves as a person, right? Um, and so, by becoming more conscious and articulating these things, we we need to bring um, our governments back under control here to bring the corporations under control um, because through, we can't divest from them very efficiently and just, you know, oh, we're going to go with your, some competitor, which is the traditional way in capitalism to deal with companies. You don't like what they're doing, give your money to someone else and then they go, start going bankrupt, they have to change their behavior. Um, but when they're actually running the state and they've got these monopolies, then there's no real option, no competition. Um, and so we need to get control of the state again through raising our own consciousness, becoming more educated about these issues, um, and uh, sharing our ideas on you know how much of what I'm saying is right. For example, please help me. Let me know what my blind spots are. I can't do that. Only you can do that, um, and I, only I can do it for you, or other people can do it for you. Um, so, and yeah, the, so this idea that like uh, we can be kind and criticize people, or point you know, or we can. Um, it kind of connects to a similar idea, which is behind where these laws have come from, which is this very, I think, in my opinion, um, unhealthy and immature idea that, um, you know, it's like externalizing all the responsibility for your own well-being, saying, oh, you know, people said something offensive, so they're, you know, oh, I, I got triggered, you know, or, or they're, you know, they're making me, I don't have a safe space here, I feel afraid, you know, and... Um, you know, if someone's trying to victimize you, like seriously, then then that's you know either stalking or it's um, uh, you know assault if they're making you feel like you're going to get physically attacked, um, etc. So again, we already have laws for that. If but you, if you can just avoid them, you know, and you don't need a res if you need a restraining order, the court will give you one. You know, if um, they're threatening to assault you, they'll get in big trouble. You know, so that's it's all already in the system the way it is. It's working fine, more or less. You know. Um, but so, uh, if someone is, uh, the, the, the fact is you, um, can't pass the buck. You are responsible for your own happiness. There's, there's a level where people are, you know, there's genuine intimidation and we already have law to cover that. But if someone's got an opinion somewhere and you're seeking it out and then getting angry about it, it's like, just, just don't pay attention to them. I don't pay attention to what the woke people are saying most of the time. Or like you know the propaganda you know media outlets um, you know who are just totally you know decoupled from reality to a large extent by this point, as has been borne out by you know in recent years. Um, I don't say oh we should get rid of them. I say look just put your attention elsewhere. I don't believe in you know like hey they're businesses. If if they're saying things that are wrong, okay, just point out that they're wrong. Don't tune into them starve them of awareness and that they're going to have to change or they're going to disappear. That's the way things work in a decentralized system. Stop cooperating with them. Withdraw, withhold your consent um, and start nurturing um, uh, institutions and individuals of integrity with your awareness and your human value of your, what, your capacity for your work, your capacity for understanding, your capacity for love and, and community. So... Um, start, you know, networking with people who are doing the right thing, and just let the other things atrophy, you know. So, but I, so I, I, you know, I've there's all these people with all these things I consider totally crazy and hateful, very much so. There's a lot of people who would say, "Oh, Jamie, you're some white man. What do you know about anything?" It's like, 
yeah, okay. I could go into why, you know, like descended from a genocided race and, you know, like I have my own issues or whatever, which could put me in a, a victimhood box or whatever. But we don't even need to go there. It's like um, if uh, I'd, I have no right to get offended at them. Like it doesn't make sense, you know. Ultimately being offended doesn't help you. It's like um, it's just a, 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 an unhelpful reflex. At, it's like an, an emotion. So at, at most it can tell you, oh, maybe I need to uh, change my beliefs if I'm being offended by something I shouldn't be offended by. Or it's, um, oh, wow, that person's very wild. Their humor's pretty crazy. Uh -huh. They're just trying to, you know, ch check, um, you know, are we able to laugh at things? You know, are we able to be flexible enough? And maybe it's, am I flexible enough that I'm able to laugh at something and I trust that they don't actually believe this crazy thing? It's just they're saying something provocative. It's humor, you know. Um, or maybe it's, oh, this person's actually very crazy and um, I should not associate with them and not nurture them with my contact. Whatever it is, you know, there's, you get an emotion of being offended and then, okay, like any emotion, it's a message to tell you, okay, think about something. Um, and then if there's nothing more to think about, you let the emotion go. You know, fear, ah, oh, is there something, is it, oh, something coming up in the future? Is there something I need to think about? Oh, yes, this, this, and this. Okay, write that down. When, when you've got a, a second, hopefully when you're calm, think about it and make some plans or whatever. But um, now that you've got, you know what you need to think about, the emotion is just going to make it harder to think about these things and be productive and skillful and calm. So let the emotion go. So offense, it's just an emotional signal. Let it be useful. Let it trigger some thinking if it, that's useful and then let it go. Um, uh, the only kind of triggered we should be is triggered into thinking. <laughs> Um, and tr maybe triggered into peace, triggered into not thinking, if, if that's more useful. Um, uh, so, and so people, you know, say like the, it's like your zone, your sphere of uh, sovereignty does not include what, you know, having everything, anything that offends you excluded from your, your ears. That's cause that's incompatible with my sphere of sovereignty. And George's sphere of, sovereign, uh, sphere of sovereignty and, you know, Emily's sphere of sovereignty or whatever, you know. So what's balanced for everyone, big picture, if we're getting outside of narcissism and just plain selfishness um, or self-centeredness, um, is what's compatible, what's, what's, what kind of system could we scale up, at, you know, for society at large? Uh, well, you can't hurt each other. You can't steal, you can't defraud, you can't kill, you can't stalk, you know, um, you can't attack. Um, or what about, uh, is, is that sustainable? Well, yeah, actually that's necessary. Yeah, that's definitely sustainable. We can all avoid from doing that, avoid doing that and everything, everything still fits in the, the society. Yeah, there's space for that. What about our opinions? You can't say anything that I, other people think is hateful. Well, actually, no, everyone disagrees about what's hateful. So we can't do that. Um, and then everyone disagrees about who's qualified to judge what's hateful. Um, even if we tried to externalize, give it to an expert authority, we, you know, we don't, people don't agree on that. So, okay, no, we can't have that at large, right? And then, so that's also part of why, where these laws are coming from. There's this belief that amongst, among some people that, you know, it's kind of very ill thought out idea that like, oh, you know, um, if I have a bad feeling, it's because of you. But if you pay close attention, someone says something and then, oh, you're immediately, you feel bad. Is that how it works? 
No. Someone says something and then your mind has a, a judgment. Hey, that's not right. And then you feel bad. So actually what's happening is your mind is causing that. Um, my mind, what happens, and many, many people's minds, and I think this is the wise thing, and this is, you know, no one's perfect. I don't have this all the time, but I, I try to do it as much as possible. And I'm working on it. It's, I'm trying hard, you know. We should all try hard on this. This is the real virtue, the real compassion, the real love, um, is to someone says something offensive or hateful or stupid or whatever, and um, I try to just go, Okay, just accept it. All right, that's, that's something that I don't really like. That's an opinion that I think is unhealthy or whatever. Okay, I'm not going to have this negative reaction to it. I just let it go through me. Just like radio waves just go straight through my body. No problem. No worries. Just let that go through, you know. Um, and then you feel much better. You just keep going through your life, you know. If you want to talk to them and respond to them, you can. And you can respond much more clearly and coherently because you're calm, you know. Um, rather than stressed and scatterbrained. Um, but then, or alternatively, um, this also happens a lot, is I, I do get uh, that negative trigger, uh, you know, knee-jerk reaction of, Ugh! but then I notice that, and, and then that gives me a you know, negative feeling. My thought gives me, my, me a negative feeling in my body because of something someone said or did, but ultimately actually the more proximal cause is actually my own mind, my own thought, my own judgment which has triggered this tension and bad vibes in me, in my body. And then I go, oh, okay. And I changed my mind. I have a different thought. Actually, I, I'll accept this. This is fine. You know, this is all part of like the journey of consciousness and learning. And I want to be part of the more beautiful, loving world, the less hateful, less fearful, more um, conscious world. So, okay, I need to let go of this thing. I need to dissolve this energy and forgive this thing. And, um, and then that thought creates its own energy field in the body and it can dissolve the negative energy field that my more negative thought before created. So it's all about self-responsibility. You know, um, and I think actually this is a much more beautiful, um, of course, because it's real, it's true, um, journey of adventure for, like, say, young people to be hearing about, like, who want to do something for the world is, you know, as Jordan Peterson says, you know, um, sort yourself out. You know, how can you help the world? Sort yourself out. <laughs> Get yourself un under control and um, face your shadows and become a, a better person. Um, and it's a daily um, game of like uh, trying to throw light, you know, light of your awareness on um, these unconscious kind of programs in your mind and the negative um, emotions that they generate in our bodies, which then causes feedback loops of creating negative thoughts, you know. But the same can happen with positive thoughts and positive emotions can create, you know, feedback loops, which are very helpful. So... Yeah, um, th and then where the laws are coming from, there's also, um, so there's people who, you know, politicians who are afraid of the woke mob. There's also corporate influence where, um, which I didn't quite finish before that idea, but due to the, you know, the whole using it as a defense mechanism against the kind of Occupy Wall Street populist kind of stuff or like anti-crony capitalism kind of protests, um, the corporate power kind of has endorsed um, wokeism, um, in, by and large, in, you know, across the, you know, in many, many of these huge um, organizations. Um, and um, so they are bring, kind of subscribing to that. And then that can become a genuine thing where they're actually 
even if it was more cynical at first, it could actually be the, the leadership could all be kids from college who really believe in this stuff and they've been indoctrinated. Um, so it could become deepened very quickly. Um, uh, so they are, you know, exerting their normal corporate influence over our, you know, former democracies. Um, and so not just for power and profit now, um, corporate dominance, but also these, this woke agenda, this um, kind of conflict, you know, identity politics, um, divisive kind of worldview, which is coming from a very, very fearful place. Um, I think we should feel for, we should definitely have compassion for people who believe this, even if they're doing very dangerous things in society. I think it is coming from a very scared place. And so we should absolutely, as a, just a side note, unequivocally, nothing else to it, just full compassion for those people who are feeling this. Um, even if they end up, you know, overthrowing our whole society, like, you know, God bless them, you know, because that's a very dark, scary place that I think they're in, um, most of them. Then there's psychopaths as well manipulating it. But anyway, um, so, but back to the point. So this corporate influence is now also bringing forth this kind of woke influence over the government, um, as well as individual politicians and bureaucrats or whatever, trying to get brownie points by, you know, doing woke thing and then trying to avoid the lynch mob by, you know, again, falling into line with the orthodoxy. Um, and then you also have hate speech laws are a perfect tool for authoritarianism. And it's possible that, you know, even if all the people in government now are good and the bureaucracy and all that and the politicians and the judiciary or all that and the, you know, police and whatnot, military, all these, you know, the state, apparatus even if they're all you know mostly good people right now down the line there's there's no saying that this won't it probably history shows it tends to be um any kind of op, op, um crack um you know door open a little crack uh, any um opportunity for hateful manipulative people to um get uh, an opportunity for power and and control they, they always you know, slimily get into that and take that opportunity. So this is for sure going to be targeted by bad people over, and very likely um, going to be successfully um, weaponized and you know monopolized by bad people, these hate speech laws, if they're brought in. But apart from that, the thing is there's actually, I believe, enough evidence that right now the balance of power in governments around the Western world is already controlled by authoritarians. We're already at that point. And so, but I, I made the previous point just so if you disagree with this, that's okay. We should still be, you should still agree with me just, I think, just because of that's inevitably going to start. There's a very high chance of that um, happening in the near future. But I would say, actually, my opinion is that um, right now we, we have such people. Um, not, I mean, I think most people in government are just normal people and that they're good people um, or, you know, as good as anyone. Or as good as most people, um, but I do think there is a minority of people who are attracted to power and to status and to wealth and influence and control, and that um, who are who naturally um, kind of like to you know jump up hierarchies, and um, due to certain shenanigans, more historical shenanigans like. You know, central banking and empire and God knows how much money, you know, certain aristocratic families might have in offshore tax havens that are in trusts. And so 
unlike a, a Swiss bank account, it's like you can't even get in there to see what's there. Like it's not just like they're hiding it and they don't have to show it. It's like, you know, you can't see it all. It's totally opaque. Um, uh, so th th there's influences which have, um, you know, been um, pushing this over time. But I think anyway, you know, there's a good argument that institutions naturally um, try to, you know, get more and more power, expand their power, and that um, there's this cycle where the people, individuals, decentralization needs to tug it back, and there's this back and forth kind of thing over time. But um, look at the COVID stuff, look at the war on terror, um, look at um, just the, you know, the slimy politician. Where does that archetype come from? Why isn't it, oh, the, the noble politician? It's like, the, you know, lawyers, you know, a joke, you know, all lawyers are assholes. And then some guy next to him is like, hey, I find that offensive. The first guy goes, well, oh, are you a lawyer? He's like, no, I'm an asshole. You know, so um, there's this kind of reputation of dishonesty in politicians and lawyers. Mo you know, most, well, a huge number of people in the government are lawyers and um, uh, in the bureaucracy or and the judiciary, of course, and the um, legislature, the lawmakers. But, um, and there's a lot of great lawyers out there, you know, um, and doing noble work. But um, so nothing against lawyers per se. But um, the thing, what I'm pointing out is that we all know deep down that there's this, there's been this long track record of like, oh yeah, people in government, power corrupts, you know, and um, yeah, there's some, you know, pretty slimy behavior, but like a politician's answer. What does that mean? It means you're avoiding a question. Isn't this democracy? Why would you avoid a question? Or you don't want to lose power. But, but like, that, that's just a standard thing. People, you ask it and they ignore it and you ask again and they ignore it again. And you're like, okay, you got out of it twice. I'll let you go. And then if the press, if anyone in the press is like, no, I'm just going to keep asking that question, then they stop getting invited to the cocktail parties. And then their paper's like, hey, you're on the out. You know, you've got no influence. We, you're, you're making it harder for us. Um, and oh, by the way, our huge corporate advertising um advertisers uh, aren't very happy about the things you've been writing. Um, so there's all this influence where um, journalism has been increasingly unable to shine a light on just how bad um, our, a state our democracy is in. And, you know, the COVID thing um, all around the world in very synchronized, suspiciously synchronized fashion, um, this uh, authoritarianism, kind of Chinese Communist Party style straight out of them, you know, mimicking them, um, restricting movement, you know, quarantining the healthy, um, uh, taking away people's constitutional rights, um, uh, vilifying, you know, people who disagreed with this government's approach, um, mandating um, and saying, oh, you'll lose your job if you don't take this um, experimental medical procedure, which was, you know, very um, briefly tested by compared to um, most, you know, um, medical interventions of its sort and it's a new, you know, relatively new technology anyway. It's not the traditional um, form. Um, all of these things, there's a very dark shadow and um, that uh, came over society in that period and I think we can see that whether you believe that that was all, and we know that a lot of that, like, lockdowns cause far more harm than the virus ever could have. Um, Sweden... Uh, had no excess deaths 
um, they had just like, it was like a normal year and they, they were the only country in Europe where they didn't have any lockdown and everyone's predicting there's going to be a catastrophe. They, they went, they did the best of anyone. Um, and this was all predictable and people were yelling from the rooftops about this stuff and saying, or, you know, vaccine injuries. And then now there's a lot of evidence that that's a lot of people are getting injuries from these mRNA vaccines. Um, and, uh, you know, um, you know, cardiac events in, you know, young people, we don't have to get into that, but there's all this stuff where it was like, oh, conspiracy theory, that's crazy. People were censored, people were humiliated, um, people kept in their homes. There's all this kind of totalitarian um, uh, bent which came through our government, through the media, and that we now know there was this collusion through the Twitter files where social media and mainstream media um, and, and uh, governments have been kind of uh, coordinating to... Um, manipulate the public perception of what's actually right and what's you know what's true and what's um, good you know for, in terms of action and what we should be doing and so when you have bring hate speech laws into the mix where we've just gone through this crisis and a lot of very terrible decisions were made because there was a lack of decentralization it was actually because of too much centralization and then you have this tool where governments will be able to just say if like if these laws were here during the COVID thing so many people would have just been squashed by it. Um, so it's not going to do any good. Um, and there's a, not only down the road, but immediately right now, there's a very serious risk that this will be weaponized by totalitarians. And when you see the WEF stuff, the WHO trying to bring in this, you know, uh, ability, this, you know, modifying the rules or whatever. Of, so they will be able to declare an emergency and just put, you know, cut the whole world into lockdowns without consent from national populations or whatever all of this is very clearly moving towards what many of these people involved have already been saying for a long time that they want one world government they want one system they think that's better um and that's their opinion man and that's okay they're still souls but um that's a very dark world don't you think does that sound like love does that sound like the road to world peace does that sound like wisdom um, never mind on the intellectual level, but in your heart, does that feel like, do you remember being a kid and being optimistic about the future? I hope you do, but I do. And um, if you tune into that feeling, this is not the way to it. The way to it is you restore people's freedom to speak. You allow conversations to come back out into the open. You, through that, just like exercise, we'll get used to disagreeing and it'll become less traumatic and we'll be able to just deal with it like yeah okay i'm just getting you i'm actually kind of getting used to after a few months i'm getting used to people disagreeing with me huh it doesn't really stress me out as much as it used to we can get some thicker skins we can talk things through find common ground and stuff well we all agree on we should save the bees everyone oh oh i thought we agreed disagreed on everything oh democrats and republicans and everyone you know, Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin, ever, um, whoever, everyone's on board about saving the bees. All right, well, are we doing everything we can for that? Uh, actually, I don't think so. Okay, well, let's work on that, yeah? We'll keep talking about the other stuff, but we've got some work to do now. Let's put 20% of our attention into this work that we just agreed we all want to do. Keep it practical and keep talking. Um, and, uh, you know, start through that, we're going to start noticing ways of helping bring more harmony to the planet um, and that is going to help bring this future that we all want a, a less hateful, less fearful, um, more loving and um, egalitarian future.
Um, but the problem is uh, a lot of the people who say they want that, they don't really want that. Either they're totalitarians who want power um, or they're narcissists who want to be in a suit on the spotlight and they want to be able to go clubbing and, you know, uh, make out with some random dude, um, uh, you know, or, you know, gal, or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, uh, and be like, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I run this country. Um, or it, it, it could be, uh, ideological, you know, religious zealots who they really just have this, um, desire to be right. And it doesn't matter what other people think. They just, they just want to actually, actually, you could say they have a desire to make other people wrong. They need other people to be wrong in order for them to have this inflated sense of self, which is a substitute for the, the real self of just the soul which involves the uncomfortable process of surrender and surrendering when you realize that you're wrong or when you're com complicit in negative um, behaviors, um, which we all are, um, uh, until we surrender. And, you know, in the spiritual sense of like awakening, um, Eckhart Tolle and all that stuff, um, or whoever, many, there's many, many fountains of that. It's not just him, of course. There's, um, but, uh, so there are um, these people who they they actually even if they were like like yeah they're not they're never going to agree to to this. So all that matters is enough people can come together and see that like okay some of us some of our extended family of humans for whatever reason we don't need to understand it fully. It doesn't matter you know people will call us conspiracy theorists for the next few decades probably while we're thinking it through that's fine whatever you know it doesn't matter there's a lot of tomfoolery going on a lot of shenanigans a lot of dishonesty a lot of emo toxic emotions and um dishonest manipulative um behavior um it doesn't matter we all just need to agree like we need to maintain freedom of speech and from that we can start to recolonize society with more freedom and bring back more freedom i believe that will involve more economic freedom like you know allowing people a little bit more space um in life um uh and and yeah and just um all, all kinds of, i mean ultimate spiritual freedom and spreading people the awareness of how to watch your mind and be free of the negative thought patterns of your mind um whether it's from a cult and indoctrination when you're young or whether it's from just yourself um so to speak um and uh your you know the addictions we have to our negative behaviors that are somehow familiar. Um, we, we can all uh, work on this together, bring more freedom. And um, we, yeah, we need to be willing to take a stand. Like what is your red line where, where if they're saying, Oh yeah, we're just kind of these laws and we can put you in prison. If you are quote unquote hateful, I think, well, all right, well maybe I'll just go like uh, and say, no, you can't do that. Um, and yeah, you know, like there's, there's no, um, I can't think of any fate. Um, well, maybe there's a lot of bad fates you could think of, but like, it's a, a terrible fate to be living in fear of nonsense and, um, tyranny. Um, I'd much rather just like live freely and, um, and if you want to put me in jail, okay, well, that's like your, uh, you know, that's what you want to do. All right. Um, but like uh, a willingness to cross, you know, to hold a line um, is necessary. Otherwise, the line just keeps getting pushed further and further back, and then we end up in 
you know, communist China kind of situation. So um, I think that's much more scary than just holding the line. Holding the line is the least scary thing. It's like, yeah, that's, this is the easiest thing. If everyone just holds the line and says, um, and actually pushes the line forward, you go, you've been pushing this line back a lot. I'm not just going to hold this line. I'm going to push the line forward. We're retaking freedom. You're not, you've been going way out of line, like these systems of control around the planet and dishonesty. And it's harming humans. It's harming animals. It's harming nature. Um, it's actually this um, us against them psychology, um, deceit, corporatocracy, corruption, um, and centralization of political power. This is the virus that is um, behind countless, most of the d destruction on the earth. And I'd say it's high time that everyone starts to push back against it. Um, and so, and this is coming everywhere. These hate speech laws are being proposed in many countries. So, um, you know, Telegram just got banned in um, Brazil. Um, his name, Andrew Bridgen, this Tory um, MP in Britain just got expelled from the Conservative Party for asking questions about, you know, vaccine injured people. Um, they're like, hey, stop talking about that. And he's like, well, no, like this is important. These people, you know, they need a voice, you know, and then, okay, expel them from the party. Um, you know, uh, all kinds of people who, you know, Tucker Carlson getting kicked off of uh, Fox, um, people trying to censor Joe Rogan from Spotify, um, all these things. There's many voices and it seems to be a clear attempt to, to silence um, people. So anyway, we, we should push back against this. Um, so one more point I'd like to make is, um, well, I think it's that I need to play a song about hate speech and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. that what we're doing here oh darkness of the mind oh come to me now and again let's not pretend it's all outside you know yin and yang Bad light and dark love and fear are all inside You can say Tell your friends that you're okay And everyone is the villain But peace will come Only when we know That everyone Must learn and grow in the free of speech and in the free thinking world without the thought police is this what we've come to baby oh I say it's about time to live as we are and take back our rights 
It doesn't come from paper, it comes from the light. So that's it. Um, these laws uh, should be resisted and uh, the ultimate way to heal uh, hatred is within and it's about a spiritual battle. Um, ironically, apparently, oh, not really ironically, but another misunderstood thing is jihad is apparently an inner spiritual um, conquest, understanding the enemy within and being wise to that. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, the ultimate uh, uh, battle is within and that is, there's so much room for progress there. So we really uh, can encourage each other and be firm with anyone who needs a bit more than encouragement that um, the way forward, there's a lot of work to do um, for um, removing hate and fear from the planet, and it's very important. But it all comes from internal work and becoming more wise. Um, and by allowing free speech, allowing people to talk about things, it is going to dissolve a bunch of structures which are based upon lies. But that's fine. Those people can find jobs in other things, you know. Um, and uh, that'll be progress. Um, and uh, with uh, insight and wisdom and humility um, through turning within, um, we will have this world of uh, less hatred. Um, but yeah, trying to um, force people... To, to do this um i think it's uh i'm i think yeah it's going to backfire massively because i think um too many people you know that the fearful hateful people who are hating the haters they think but they're actually the hateful people and believe they can hold the whole society ransom because to deal with their fear rather than turning within and practicing um virtue um i think these people aren't aware um, of the the human health and the the spiritual health and vitality that um, uh, a balanced human has, and just how um, I think the majority of people, to some level or, or other, they do have that that kind of awareness that most people are good, and so I think that's the 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 hopeful thing here is that most people understand like this is oh that's madness is that real is that actually happening, and so um, that we have the numbers. Um, and uh, so through just um, just getting enough people aware and talking about this, then we can just reset this. Um, and that will be the, the first stepping stone towards better things. But um, I think it's like these processes have been moving, um, you know, circling and closing in more and more and more in recent history. And it's getting to a point where the West um, freedom of speech via hate speech laws um, basically laws are being proposed which would prevent people from um, put, could, could potentially put people in prison just for having an opinion and hate is so broad that like oh this is like the significant escalation this is after this if these get through basically you don't need any more um, pushing forward against sovereignty of, of individuals that's enough now you've got control bring in the you know, central banking, digital currencies, CBDCs, which they want to bring in, system, and then you can program them and just stop people. Oh, you're not doing what we want? Okay, take away your money. 
um, or say that you can only spend it within this two kilometer radius. So, you know, you can't, we can, you know, we've got you by the balls. Um, there's all these systems that they're tr trying to bring in, but just th those hate speech laws, that would be enough, right? To just run, remove um, the, the last vestiges of freedom from the West. And, um, and then, you know, so I'd say uh, uh, it's gotten to this point and now it's, this is the rebound where um, the Phoenix is born from the ashes and be pretty easy, I think, really. It's just a matter of people understanding. Once you understand what's going on, it's natural to just, okay, I know what I need to do. That's fine. Easy. Um, and, uh, of course, everything's difficult sometimes, but I'd say it's more accurate to say ultimately it's easy. It's just a, it's kind of a choice, you know, to say, oh, a choice to, to admit that you already understand. You understand and then you just need to say, yeah, all right, yeah. No, it, is, it is that serious, you know. Um, or it might be that serious. I'm going to look into this, put in the attention, a choice to pay attention, I guess a choice to investigate and a, a choice to balance open-mindedness with critical thinking and um, love and kindness with um, courage and clear um, communication and assertiveness. Um, and so, yeah, I believe uh, this will um, be... Um, I mean, it would either be the, the end of the, 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 the crossing the threshold into the end of the West um, and this period, and then maybe freedom takes, you know, I don't know, who knows how long to return to the planet. Um, uh, but I, I don't think that's happening. I think, yeah, this is the, the natural point where boing, we spring back, and um, this is the beginning of the uh, new era where um, society will have more freedom restored and return to greater health. Um, and that's very exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, it is important that people kind of pay attention and kind of, you know, yeah, don't just watch TV and just hang out in your house. It's like, are you in the world or not? You know, are you alive or not? We'll all be dead at some point. How do you want to live in the meantime? I'd say um, it's an exciting story and uh, fighting for freedom and fighting for love and for the rights of your brothers and sisters is a very beautiful thing. And so I invite everyone to... Um, Get involved. Um, there is a petition if you're in Ireland or anyone. I mean, there's a petition on change.org. I'll put in the notes to this, um, which is for um, uh, basically you know, getting um, asking to you know <laughs> please uh, don't take away our freedoms um, to um, kind of uh, not pass this for the the the, the government of, the, of Ireland not to pass this this law to so the Shannon and the president not to agree to this. Um, and so I'd please ask you to sign that um, if you think freedom of speech is a good thing and if you think you would like to be living in a free and honest society um, and uh, yeah anything you want to do you know write to or call email um, your local TD or senator um, in here and uh, in your own countries wherever you are just to you know take steps just What's the harm in sending an email? And by the way, anyone who's a bit um, paranoid, if you think you'll be put on some list, uh, you're already on a list probably uh, if you're you know, think, thinking that. Um, or, you know, uh, you, you know the, this we need to push back against this. Otherwise, it just makes a world where you know, 
free thinkers are put on lists, much more likely to just keep accelerating in the future. So it's actually the safest thing is to, um, and is to get involved um, and to bring our society back into balance. Um, and uh, one thing I do want to mention quickly is that Ireland was under the thumb of the Catholic Church for so long um, and the local Christianity was overthrown when Rome sanctioned the English, um, uh, the Normans, to invade um, Ireland and they took control of the church and made it more um, dogmatic. Um, and uh, so there's this kind of twin power of like the Vatican got power over Ireland and then, the, you know, the London got power over Ireland. And it went back and forth, but more or less that's continued for a long time. And um, Ireland has a lot of um, ancestral trauma for various reasons, loss of the language, you know, genocide by omission slash commission in the, the Great Famine where there's plenty of food, but the British were like, ah, no, we're not going to give you the food which was grown on the land that we took off your, you know, forefathers like a few generations prior. Um and the, you know all kinds of you know awful things. Nothing. I love the. I love everyone. Right, England, British people, many friends. But just imperialism and um, uh, even the monarchy. Hey, if you guys want to be cool, let's be great friends. You know, but uh, like uh, imperialism is not okay. You know, there's a, a red line there. Um, but Ireland, there's such th you know conformity of thought. People weren't allowed to think. Um, you know, there's the Magdalene laundries, um, there's, you know, and mass graves which were found in the um, grounds of these nuns' monasteries and stuff. Um, the um, uh, sexual um, abuse um, crimes of, of the, the clergy in, um, around the world, but especially in Ireland, a lot of terrible things. Um, and just a, a very dark um, culture of conformity and um, kind of brainwashing. People were, you know, not meant to think about what, you know, not have a direct connection with God, just do what you're told kind of thing. Um, and, you know, that, that's um, kind of, I think, you know, you, um, people here in Ireland tend to think, oh, thank God that that's behind us. Everyone knows now. They're like, oh, yeah, the church. Some people are Catholic, you know, or a lot of people are quote-unquote Catholic, but culturally perhaps. But it's like... Um, actual properly strict Catholics, um, devout Catholics, like, oh, yeah, there's still a bunch of people like that, you know, um, but, you know, much, much, much less than it used to be. Um, and even among them, a lot of them are kind of aware, like, yeah, no, nah, it's a real shame what happened. Like, um, there were these people who abused their power, and then now, because of them, we've lost, and maybe they might blame, you know, people for being stupid or whatever or faithless as well. But they say, you know, we've lost a lot of influence here. That's a great shame. I say, um, you know, a significant amount of Catholics, devout Catholics, would be aware that the church had a large role in this, um, and and that they would um, they would be aware and admit that there was this darkness in the way things used to be, um, and definitely the majority of the population would acknowledge that. Oh, yeah, it was horrible things that went went on, and thank God it's behind us. Um, and then, but think the religious instinct goes very deep in human beings, and um, you can, it seems like you can't actually totally remove it. Um, all you can do is become aware of it. And by the time that you're able to become aware of it, you're probably moving into, you know, if you're an atheist, you're going to start moving into agnosticism. 
much do I really know? What does an ant know about humans? What do I know about the universe? Isn't it possible the whole place is created by some super intelligence that I just can't even imagine? I mean, I don't have evidence against that. Like, you know, what evidence? Hmm, okay, I guess I don't have evidence for atheism. So, okay, I guess agnosticism, anything's kind of possible in theory. And then maybe you have some kind of experiences through psychedelic medicine or meditation or, um, you know, reading and just kind of deepening your mind. And you start to see like, oh, I think like I can feel these experiences of like, oh, I think life is sacred and there's like, uh, the universe is alive, right? And you might move towards this sort of um, the religious instinct kind of connecting to just the present moment and realizing like you don't need a dogma. You can just be present and see the holiness of each moment, just being alive, that the universe is alive and we're all part of that, you know, um, and we're all branches on the tree of life. And so we're all one deep down. We connect at the trunk, you know, and the many of the branches connect. Um, and so we, you can, but, um, even, so I say that would be a good thing to, you know, ground the religious instinct into this awareness of just like, just awareness of like, wow, this is like a mystical universe we're in, you know? Um, but, uh, or at least into, you know, a kind of, um, agnosticism with a sense of sacredness and virtue and love, um, but if you don't, if you try to just remove the religious instinct, something's going to fill that gap. Um, and it might be the worship of money. It might be the worship of status. It might be the worship of, um, you know, scientists and, you know, ego and the idea of like, oh, we're so smart. Look at us. Look at what you can do trying to make humans become gods. Um, and it might become the worship of the, um, this, you know, religion of victimhood and, division that like um wokeism is or intersectionality identity politics um saying that oh yeah we're all these different groups and it's all about who's more marginalized who's more victimized and kind of um kind of uh cutting out and you know like a surgeon you know kind of um removing the cancers of these um oppressors from our midst um but then you always find more and more oppressors and there's always you know, and in fact, this is, I'd say, the death throes of um, divisive, hateful, fearful psychology itself in the West. In many countries, it's still acceptable to be hateful against certain groups, um, certain, say, you know, strict Islamic countries. It's acceptable to be hateful against homosexuals. And you can say, oh, we should kill them. And a lot of people would agree, as far as I'm aware. I'm aware also Islam, like there's many beautiful, um, uh, peaceful, you know, versions of it. So it's like a decentralized religion. There's many versions of it, but, um, and you know, there's many yeah places where that's like, you know, yeah, totally acceptable um, to be hateful. Um, but in the West, and I think especially in the English speaking world, it seems to me, although I don't know, what do I know after all, but it does seem that like, um, we've got to this point where with Martin Luther King Jr. and all that, like I have a dream, you know, like a person should be judged on the con a man. I think it should be judged on the content of his character, not the color of his skin meaning of course anyone you know um and things like that are just so beautiful and i think we got to this apex kind of well, not apex but this high point where we're like oh and it kind of sunk in you know and i think we've got to this point where and you know with gay rights and stuff being like yeah you can be gay like you know what's wrong if you're not hurting anyone else um you know you're you're allowed to you know live your life you know um, you know, actually walking the walk, not just talking the talk about like, oh, freedom and, you know, if you don't hurt others, you can do whatever you want. Um, 
And so we've got to this point where we're, it's not socially acceptable to be a bigot anymore. You can do it, but most people are going to think you're stupid and it's going to really make it hard for you to get ahead in life. We're at this point. So then what happens to that instincts of the people who would be being bigoted? It doesn't just disappear. It doesn't just try to be blatantly bigoted and just keep getting in trouble. It sees, oh, there's one little avenue still open here. And whether this is intentional or this is just like, you know, you put um, something underwater and, you know, if there's a crack, the water goes in through that crack just because there's nowhere else to go, right? That's probably more likely, I'd say. Um, there's these subconscious psychological movements, which the people themselves are probably unaware of, um, where the, that bigotry can only express itself through pretending to be anti-bigotry. Um, and then the final step after that is where we realize, oh, there's like this bigotry where you're, you're you know, being bigoted against bigots. And so actually, no, love thine enemies, you know, um, uh, only love, you know, hate, as the Buddha said, you know, um, hate can't um, end hate. Only love can do that. I think that was him. Um, and like this is an eternal law, you know, I think the, the Heart Sutra. Um, and so realizing that, oh yeah, like being like, oh yeah, there are these people who are racist. Okay. What's my appropriate attitude toward that? Well, actually it's not to hate them. It's to love them, forgive them, challenge them, help them learn, push back against them, imprison them if they're breaking the law, communicate with them, have as much empathy as you can. Imagine it's yourself living another life. So it's not to hate. Hateful people shouldn't be hated. They should be loved, but in the right meaning of love. They should have our unconditional love. It's like you're part of, you are one branch on the tree, but I can see that you're not getting enough sunlight. Okay, maybe can I move my leaves over here? Or, you know, can I help pull your leaves up this way um, so you can get more sunlight? Or whatever the metaphor would be, you know? Um, it's... Uh, it's not to say, um, it's not to hate that branch of the tree which we are. That's the same problem. Um, it's to accept them and understand them and try to help them heal. Um, and so that's actually the, what, what we, that would, you know, this is the real way to dissolve hatred. Um, yeah, so that goes for anything a sexist, someone who, anyone who's judging someone else unfairly um, based upon you know, something they can't control or um, basically being prejudiced and um, hateful, coming from a place of what you perceive. You know, and we can feel that to a large extent, but it's very hard to define, and people don't agree in general. But um, we can all have a sense of, oh, I think that person's being hateful. When you sense that, or being unhealthy, you know, psychologically unhealthy about this, whenever you feel that, try to act from love and empathy and kindness and use that relaxation and that beauty to um, like a Trojan horse to get your communication to someone. If you can say, hey, I love you and I accept you. I understand why you have these points of view. I can empathize and see why you might believe these things. Um, however, I really believe you're wrong for these reasons. Da, da, da. Um, that's like a that's much more effective than just saying you're an idiot and I think you're wrong for these reasons. Um, I think love has this role to play here where it can um, help um, information and wisdom flow.
So, all right, um, I could go on for seven hours about this. So I'll uh, tell myself that this was brief. Um, and uh, so that's my thoughts there. Um, so thanks, everyone. And uh, yeah, may we uh, live with uh, peace and uh, love and uh, courage and uh, many good things to come. <laughs>